You are listening to the Forkman and Cham podcast. Make sure you sub now at iTunes, Spotify, and check them out on Facebook as well. And we're away. Welcome to the Forkman and Champ podcast episode number nine. We're up to number nine already. Next week, it'll be number 10. How your week been, Champ? Yeah, it's been all right. It's been all right. Just kind of cruising around. Not doing much. Job applications, blah, blah, blah. Same thing as usual. Not back at work yet, but we'll see. Hopefully soonish. How about yourself, Forkman? Yeah, not too bad. It's been an awesome week. I, I went down a couple of slides during the week because, as we know, playgrounds have opened back, at, back up. So I've been like going to a park a day, going down their slides. Going down the slides. You didn't climb up the slides though, did you, mate? Because I forget the rules. Just down. No up. Born it up. Born it up. You fall. Kids always fall and hit their head. Uh, yeah, hey, especially at Maccas. Kids going up the slides. Yeah. Well, the kid have... goes down and boom. That is probably why they have the Duna crime Dang. sign right there. Well, there used to be a um, there used to be a water slide at one of the local pools near me. Uh, this is, uh, they what they did is they have a they have a little grate on it, like at the, that, so you lock it overnight <laughs> at the bottom. Yeah. Morning, they forgot to, they unlocked the top so people could go down, but they didn't unlock the bottom. <laughs> they sent like three kids through and they were just piling up at the end. I'm um, wondering what was happening. Hmm? Did they not know no one would come no, in? I think it took them a while to work it out because they went one, two, you know, lifeguards are usually like 15, 16 year olds. They don't give a shit or know what's going on. So they just <laughs> maybe they thought one of them was stuck, so they just kept sending more through to push it through. But wow. One of them was stuck in the grate. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, I reckon on that note, we should get stuck into things. Mm-hmm. On that note, because nothing can beat a great story. Pardon the fun. So... Not sure about you. So the other day, I was on a bus the other night, a replacement bus to Cranbourne because they had replacement buses from Danny Nong to Cranbourne. So I got on the bus and I needed to do a poo all of a sudden in the middle of the bus. (laughs) Right? So it got me thinking, where where had been the worst place, place you've had the urge to poo? Um, hmm. Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, there's definitely been like one through like a big ceremony or something, and you're sitting at the front, like yeah. a, a funeral or a wedding or like a graduation or something, and you just kind of have to get up and just kind of waddle waddle across. I mean, a bad one is um, like it always whenever I go for a run, as soon as I get about a keg and a half in, I have to yeah. so I have to like clench my butt and do the last half of the run. <laughs> Hold it in. Like you always see the marathon ones where like some of them start pulling themselves. Yeah. Time, but I haven't gone that far. You haven't gone that far. Yeah. Have, have you, so. have you ever been in the car on a long drive and shard, shard yourself? I have, I have not. <laughs> I no, have a, the beach, the beach is a shocking one actually to get one. When you're, especially when you're in the water and you're like, oh, I could just maybe let it go. 
oh no i can't i can't you always told you know you're going two ways like should i no way or i can't do it i had a friend once who actually would they had to maccas and then mm-hmm. they shouted themselves in the car oh yeah was it scott morrison you know that rumor that he he shouted at um engadine maccas in new south wales no, but in him, it was another uh, a friend of mine. I'm no friend with Scott, mate. I'm friends with him. I wish I were friends with him. Well, have you heard that rumor about how Scott uh, put his pants at uh, Ingerdine McDonald's? No. no, I've never heard that rumor. It up. It's, a big, it's, it's a big conspiracy theory. We might have to get him on the podcast. Yeah, wait for him to get on Q&A and then ask him. No, we'll, we'll get him on the podcast and... We'll both ask him and so that but we'll bring it out in different ways. So like I'll ask him a way and then you ask him in a different way. Oh yeah. We'll grill him that. Yeah. Okay, so as you know, from today or from eleven fifty nine last night, I have no idea why they showed eleven fifty nine PM. Mm. But from last night at eleven fifty nine we can stay over at places, right? At people's places. Like, I can stay over at your day by like, you could stay over at my. Now, it had raised the question in my head do you still do sleepovers? And, uh, how old are you? I'm 25. I'm almost 30. <laughs> do you still do sleepovers at your age? Or do you call it more like. Are we. Like, are we... Do, are we talk, so like, do you still do planned sleepovers or are they more like you rock up to someone's place having a cup of drink? Uh, it is okay if I cross tonight. Yeah, that's, that's what they've become. Um, although, yeah, it depends. Sometimes I'll go over there with the intention of crashing. You know, like if I, I'll drive and then have a beer, I'm like, oh, I drove the best day. <laughs> that's what my plan was all along. Okay, but you pretend, oh, nah. I pretend like, oh, no, man, I, you know, I forgot. I'm on my peas. I can't have anything. I better just drive home tomorrow. Oh, well. Oh, well, I'll, I'll sleep over. Yeah, yeah, like, but, but do you reckon, like, a 30-year-old or a 25-year-old planning a sleepover with their mates, is that kind of, like, strange? Uh, yeah. I bring you, hey, come, come over tonight. We're going to watch Netflix and chill. Yeah, well, I mean, the connotations of Netflix and chill is, <laughs> is you know, if my mate said that, I'd be like, ooh, da da. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but, um, well, I guess, yeah, if they said, oh, come over, we're going to have a few beers and watch a movie, they'd be like, whatever. You can crash if you like. And so, yeah, they, they just don't call it sleepovers anymore. Yeah, they don't, they don't call them sleepovers anymore. But... Yeah. but it's the same thing, isn't it? Just with beers. Yeah, the same thing. Like the, like the Alan's party mix now, and you just get a beer instead. <laughs> yeah, you have a beer. Hey! <laughs> oh, oh, popcorn? Popcorn, you know? Oh, yeah, popcorn. Yeah, popcorn is a big sleep of one. Uh, chips. It'll always, it'll always be pizza or fish and chips as well. You get yeah. the best too, mate. You'd just be fucking all night. So, three in the morning, you'd be like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Are we, are we gonna say so you 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 see like more like males caught crashing the night, but females plan slam plan plan it at a slumber party? Do they? Yeah. 
I don't know any females, so I would not. I'll get my I'll get my girlfriend to clarify that one. They call Next it slumber time. parties. Yeah, they call it They have pillow fights and stuff. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> wouldn't you like to be a fly on the wall? No, that'd be creepy. I don't want to go watch sleepovers. <laughs> <laughs> but it would be fun. Be I've a, done it before. Or having a pillow fight. Oh yeah, hey Togepa. So I've been promoting this that we're gonna have a special guest on today's podcast. Mm-hmm. So now without further to do, I'd like to welcome the one the only Will Smith to the podcast. Right and true, I believe. Welcome, Will. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can oh, hear yeah. you now. All good. I'm like, oh no, Sam. How are you going? Not too bad. How are you? Yeah, really well, thank you. It's a bit cold in Tassie today, but apart from that, we're going all right. Awesome. Now, for those of you who don't know, so I know Will from um, this these camps that I volunteer on, Edmund Rice camps. So you to go, this yes. young this young Blake. Volunteer from Tasmania, wood on the camp, picked me up from the station in the um, van because the EO at the time sent him with another one of our volunteers. <laughs> and I was like, what did this young guy do in driving the bus? And then I found out in Tasmania, they had different rules around licensing. Yeah, that's and right. He, different licenses here in Tassie. So he would buy full, full, full license. And so, and then he introduced himself. Hey, I'm Bill Smith. I was like, no, the guy's having that on. <laughs> he, he's taking a K. Turns out his name is actually Bill Smith. Is that true? Yeah, that's right. Don't worry. I get plenty of jokes about it all the time. It's uh, mm. it's a good uh, it's a good icebreaker though. It's definitely a good icebreaker. Oh, <laughs> I, I could imagine a date. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> Don't worry, in any introduction setting, it always comes up. And it's, uh, I think it's served me quite well, actually. Pretty much since high school, it's served me well because everyone obviously knows. So it's been a good icebreaker since then. Now, now so recently I heard you on another podcast that you were on, and I heard that. In your younger years, you lived in a shed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, actually. I've received a few messages about that since that podcast came out. It's interesting that you... I hope you didn't sit there for the whole hour and listen to that. But yeah, no, no I, that's right. I did, I did. I did. Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> it would have been a bit of a ramble. No, no, that's right. So um, my family's originally from New South Wales and we uh, moved to Tasmania when I was quite young. I was actually born in Tasmania. Um, and then we were back in New South Wales and then, and then back to Tasmania. But, uh, yeah, right through up until high school, uh, about six, seven-year period, there was uh, a, a lot of years living in a tin shed uh, in northern Tasmania. So uh, on cold days like it is today at the start of winter, it, uh, it, was, it proved to be an interesting time. Awesome. <laughs> so I, I would, whether they're here, they're inside the shed. 
Or... Yeah, yeah. So there was a there was a wood heater inside. So we uh, it was it was in it was on a bush block. So um, we had plenty of wood lying around to uh, to be able to keep the wood heater going. I actually had a chat with my parents a couple of weeks ago about the experiences back in the shed. Um, and on some winter mornings, we would wake up, uh, and my parents still recall uh, there being the condensation up on the tin. Uh, we would all sleep wow. in the same area for our breath. That's how cold it would get some nights in there. But uh, I think when you're in there for so long and you're so young, it you just it just becomes a, a normality. So you don't really think too much of it. But uh, yeah, I think uh, for my parents at the time, they struggled, especially with young kids. Yeah, and you also recently have done something that I've been wanting to do for a long time. Like you started your own foundation. Yes, that's right. JCP Empowering Youth. Very, very proud of it. Can you tell us a bit about what that is all about? 100%. So JCP uh, Empowering Youth was an avenue for me to be able to um, really... Um, bring into uh, the mix all the programs that I was running uh, over the last 10 years. So as I met you, Corey, um, in Victoria through Edmund Rice Camps, uh, I'd been involved in a number of youth programs over a number of years and trying to make an impact uh, on those programs as, as much as I could. Um, and I, I suppose just getting a little bit sick of processes and sick of um, you know, thinking that things weren't done my way, not my way, but a way that is a little more productive or a little bit more high impact. I decided to branch out and create, yeah, my own company. So JCP Empowering Youth delivers high impact youth programs uh, to young people. And we do that through school seminars, camps, activity days, a high number of uh, volume of programs. So, um, you know, what we do is quite diverse actually, but we're almost, we've almost hit our one year mark, our one year birthday. And um, yeah, I'm really, really proud of what we've achieved in a year. We've done some massive, massive things and it's been really, really good to have the community get around our work and, and to really support what we do as well. Do you have a birthday bus plan or had those plans been put on the table? <laughs> For now, I don't have a birthday plan. COVID 19's definitely put a bit of a stringent on a lot of plans that we had. Uh, so, yeah, maybe we'll have an online party. You guys uh, can definitely get an invite to that. At Zoom, at Zoom party, they, they, they've been happening a lot. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I'm getting sick of Zoom parties though. Zoom's killing me. I just want that human interaction. So, it's, uh, yeah, no, Zoom. Zoom's becoming the death of me. So if I can try and steer away from it, I'm going to try. Maybe a Facebook live and live or something. I'm not sure. Or, 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 or Teams. Yeah, well, that's true. Maybe I just need to change my platform. Yes. Uh, so um, last year, I saw this post that you were going to Syria. Is that correct? You went to Syria? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's and I was like, when I when I saw it, I oh no, he did did some kind of joke, but you did actually go to Syria. Can you tell us about what that yes. experience was like? Yeah, look, that was uh, obviously pretty out there. The experience as a whole was um, one of the biggest programs I've ever run, or it was the biggest program I've ever run in my life. So the concept was that we wanted to impact some of the most at risk and vulnerable youth in the world. So that was the concept. Um, and, you know, I'd been following the war in Syria for quite a number of years. And that war is still ongoing today, uh, getting close to eight years. Um, and it's, it's single-handedly caused one of the biggest refugee crises in the world. 
uh, especially for European countries. And so um, Islamic State have a massive impact uh, in the Middle East and especially in the Syrian war. And uh, a lot of young people are getting uh, hooked up into um, you know, Islamic State recruitment and negative type behaviours. And they are considered to be the most at-risk youth in the world. And so a lot of young people are leaving Syria as refugees. They're crossing borders. And, um, they're getting lost up in, in refugee camps and, and mixed up in, in situations that are unsafe. And, um, yeah, it just was trying on me a lot. So uh, in a very short space of time, I, I made a plan, created a trip, and, and I headed off. So I flew over to the Middle East and landed in Lebanon. I traveled up through Northern Lebanon uh, into what's called a no travel area. So the Australian government um, advise, not only advised, but tell you not to go. So I traveled up through the no go uh, area and uh, traveled up through the, the Mishmish Mountains, which is a, a known uh, area for Islamic State recruitment. And, uh, and I started to work with Syrian refugees that had been affected by the war there, which was an amazing experience. All up worked with, Close to 250 kids, we created eight soccer teams um, and, yeah, just tried to provide as much positive experience as possible. Are day teams still playing together or...? I still have contact with some because, yeah, the purpose of the trip was to make sure it was sustainable and not go in and be a one-hit wonder where we provided this experience and everyone went, oh, that was amazing, and then just leave and then that was it. So I was able to connect really well with a guy called Basil over there. And Basil was a young, he's, he's actually my age and he is uh, from Syria, was affected by the war and is a really, really good soccer player. Um, and uh, he was able to continue a lot of the work that I was doing. Unfortunately, due to a lot of unrest in Northern Lebanon as well, I lost contact with some of the teams and I'm just not sure if some of them are still in existence or not because that contact is just non-existent at the moment. But I still do contact some guys over there and that work is continuing in some areas, which is really positive and, and very uplifting as well. Awesome. Tramp, are you here? Yeah, sorry, I just got back. Awesome. Um, so, Will, so back to the Eddie Rice stuff quickly. Yes, yeah, yeah. So... You were you were involved in the Fed have a Tasmania and Tasmania police. They did a camp together. Yeah. Or do they still do that? Yeah, that's right. We do. Yeah. So the program's been running for about seven years, and uh, so I joined Tasmania Police in two thousand and thirteen. Um, and very, uh, I suppose at the time, hesitantly approached uh, my supervisor and said that I wanted to. Uh, use the opportunity to connect Tasmania Police as an organisation with uh, a lot of the at-risk kids that were in our community. Uh, you can imagine a, a young recruit trying to create such a big change uh, in an organisation like that. So it was uh, initially looked upon as, oh, not really a joke, but it wasn't looked upon too favourably. And I was just so lucky that my supervisor at the time had a bit of belief in the concept and, and wanted to jump on board. He said, yeah, let's do it. I think this is going to be a really good good idea. And so what we did in order for our, our, our course to graduate from the police academy, we actually partnered up one-on-one uh, -on -one with, with at-risk young people in the community and we ran a camp for them. And that program now has been running out of the Tasmania Police Academy for about eight years, which is, um, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see some of the videos after like when they, when their kids find out that they're, Leader buddies yeah. have been uh, 
It's a, yeah, 100%. It's a pretty special experience because the kids actually come on the camp and have no idea that they're connected with police officers. They have no idea that their mentors and partners are members of Tasmania Police. So what's really powerful about it is right at the end of the camp, um, the kids get separated from their leaders. They come and sit down and then the, the leaders actually march on in front of them dressed in their full ceremonial uniform. And the kids watch these police officers march around at the academy and they've got no idea that they're actual, they're their leaders and their buddies. So they're, they're connecting, you know, the dots slowly, slowly. And then eventually once they march towards them and they, and they stand there, the look on these kids' faces is absolutely priceless. And I have no doubt in my mind that that program changes so many perceptions, not only of the police, but also for police and at-risk youth. And it also creates so many connections as well. It's, it's, pretty, it's a pretty unbelievable program. And, and it, it's, to my knowledge, a program to that extent is not run anywhere in Australia to be able to connect one-on-one -on -one in a camp basis with police officers. But um, to my knowledge, anywhere in the world to that extent, that's, it's, it's a very, very unique program. Yeah, I, I know one of our guys have been trying to do something similar over here, but hadn't been. Yeah, that's right. Ryan John is his name. He's a police officer in Victoria. He's actually travelled down a couple of times to the program and, and been a part of it, and he's definitely trying to kick it off uh, in Victoria, but I, I'm not sure uh, his success to that so far. It's obviously such a larger organisation and a larger police academy, which logistics-wise would be yeah quite different. Yeah, I, I know he got a couple of his colleagues out to camp one day at the end. Oh, but yeah, when cool. We That's went to great. science work one day and a couple of his colleagues met at a science work and <laughs> works and actually yeah. spoke to the camp. Yeah, there you go. That's awesome. I think you were on that camp, yeah, Champ? Yeah, I was, yeah. I think that was funny because all the kids were um, asking for the police to put the cuffs on them and make it look like they were being arrested and stuff. And the cops like, no, no, we're not, not going to do that. <laughs> the scenes are actually quite similar in Tassie at the end of the program. So obviously all the kids want to wear the handcuffs. They want to wear the uniform. They go in the back of the divisional van. They get the full experience, which is pretty unique. I think the, the news cameras really enjoy that last moment of seeing all these kids in the back of a divisional van and, you know, tied up and handcuffing the police officers. It's, um, yeah, it's pretty funny, actually. It's, it's a good exposure and, it, and it, it really does break down barriers, breaks down massive barriers. Mm. What made you want to become a police officer? Uh, so when I was in high school, actually, the um, policing were doing a recruitment drive uh, in all the year 10 classes. They had a new program called the Junior Constable Program, and it was—it uh, doesn't exist anymore, um, and probably for good reason. But the the program was for Year 11 and 12 students, so college students, to come on board uh, and join uh, Tasmania Police, and and you could actually go out on the street and work one or two shifts a week um, in a in a in a response vehicle, so in a police car. Um, and I I joined that program, got accepted in it, and I was in that program for two years. So whilst, whilst I was in college, I was actually working part-time as a, a junior constable and observer in a response vehicle, which was quite different from working in Maccas or Woolies or what probably an ordinary uh, first job would be. Uh, and then from there, I just, yeah, got addicted to the adrenaline. I got addicted uh, to the work that they do. Policing is just such a high intense, um, you know, um, 
job and career path and and um yeah i love it i still love it now still employed by tasmanian police and i still really really enjoy uh although i don't get a lot of uh time with them at the moment i still really enjoy when i do rock up and and get to have that positive impact on the community and you know there's selfish reasons in there as well and that is the fact that it's a you know it's an adrenaline based job uh and yeah i love getting out and about and, and being active and and having a job where everything changes from day to day you're never ever going to have the same day twice is there somewhere to in your to in your career and to in your life what had been the standout moment for you um yeah look there's there's a couple that i draw back on i was so fortunate in 2017 to um make a connection with Netflix. Uh, and then so after that, that connection, I was really fortunate to uh, be able to, to meet my namesake, Will Smith. Uh, and um, I got flown to America and I uh, was involved in some promotions for a, for a Netflix movie, which was pretty amazing. And I uh, spent a week in America. I got to walk the red carpet with Will Smith and a heap of other actors. And I've since met up with him in Sydney. Um, and, you know, I think that connection for me, was really important because it uh, it gave me an avenue to be to be able to get some real advice from someone that I looked up to and and to meet a role model in my life I suppose that's followed me because of my name the whole time so uh, yeah that was that was probably one moment that I look back on and think that I've drawn a lot of inspiration from meeting someone that's had such a big impact on not only his community or his country but the world uh, in such a positive way and when you look back on Will Smith the actor in, in career mode, um, rarely would you find someone who lives such a public life, uh, not have any negative aspects uh, that is, you know, talked about or promoted about from him. So yeah, I definitely look up to him as a, as a role model. And I'll definitely look up to him as someone that uh, I strive to be like uh, through his influence. Awesome. And I, I believe he your um, on your voicemail when people call. Yeah, you. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously marking around a little bit. Um, he uh, recorded the voicemail. So if you call my phone, you, you do get uh, the real Will Smith. It's actually, uh, at, at the first, it was hilarious because people would call up and they'd be like, oh my God, we get Will Smith. That's funny as. And then uh, it's actually a curse now because every Friday and Saturday night, my phone just continually rings of people that want to hear the voicemail to show off to their friends when they go out drinking or they do something. So um, yeah, I always answer my phone probably 50% of the time and people go, oh, I don't, didn't want you to answer. I just want to show my mates your voicemail. Uh, so yeah, it's a bit of a curse. Like it is, it's a weekly occurrence that I get a text message from someone that says, Hey, I just want to show my friends your voicemail. Can you not answer please? So yeah, uh, it's definitely common. But, yeah. I was going to say, do you know what you might have to do? You might have to buy a second phone and like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, actually I've got a dual I've got a dual SIM now, so I, it actually works. So my phone, I can put two SIM cards in it and work it from there. But the issue is that everyone's got my first number. And so the dual SIM is irrelevant now unless I try and find a way for Telstra to swap the voicemail over to a special number. I'm not too sure. Uh, that, 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 I was going to say that would be like funny that having like a dedicated phone. For yeah. <laughs> now, um, <laughs> I, I'm going to say 10 years down the track. I'm going to say five years. That to be more realistic. Where would you like to see JCP go? Yep. 
Oh, that's a big question. Um, so look, I'm actually working at the moment uh, for the first time uh, with a mentor. So uh, we even had a conversation today about um, creating visions and missions for, for what we do. So, so my whole purpose at the moment is that, um, you know, I'm a youth leadership expert, I'm a youth leadership coach and speaker, and, and that's my drive. That's what uh, I'm passionate about and what I want to do. And, and that's, um, you know, where I see the next five to 10 years going. And that, and that is developing uh, our programs in youth leadership and developing influence in youth leadership and being able to connect with as many young people across the world as possible through the content that we deliver. Um, you know, I'm, I'm extremely passionate about what I do. I'm very, very passionate about youth leadership and, and having a genuine impact on people. Um, and then, so that's, that's, that's what it's about for me. So the next five years is a complete focus on that. It's a complete focus on building JCP's influence, not only here in Tassie, Australia, but you know, in other countries as well. And, and how I do that is, is through implementing really good, uh, content through really high impact programs. Awesome. Thank you for that. And no, no problem. That was unrehearsed too, so that slid out quite well. Yeah, I would mean, I like that. Probably one of the best pictures I've had in a long time. <laughs> um, so um, before we before we get you to before we leave you or before you leave us, so as you know, the Leagy Leagy Awards ain't happening this year. Yes, that's due right. Due to COVID. But I've had this wild idea that after the podcast, we're going to have our own kind of Logie Awards. I haven't got a name for them. Maybe we call them the cool. Bill Smith Awards or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, but do you have an actor from, um, I'll just say from Australia, who you would like to nominate for an award? Ooh, wow. Does it have to yeah, it has to be an actor because it's the or actress. Um or actress, that's right. Um or, or then again, okay. you could do that's a hero. Big. Yeah, true, true. Uh I think actor wise, um uh, trying to think. Um uh, I don't I don't want to be biased here as well. I hope uh some of the people that I'm listening to don't uh, or that would be listening, don't think that I'm trying to... Joel Edgerton probably is one. Like, Joel Edgerton is uh, an Australian actor. Uh, so he was in the movie that I promoted. Um, uh, obviously spent some time with him in Hollywood as well. He is an amazing guy. Uh, and Sydney too. Uh, but he's in a couple of great movies. I love the movie Warrior. Um, he's in Warrior. Great movie. Love it. So he would definitely be my, my recommendation. Awesome. Thank you, Will, for joining us on the podcast. Um, Thank where you. can people Very find out me. more about JCP? Yeah, 100%. So, um, obviously, as I said, JCP run really high-impact youth programs, especially around school seminars. So, if anyone wants to get any of our program facilitators, including myself, to your school, business, workplace, wherever it is, to deliver anything around leadership, motivation, self-belief, you can head to www.jcpyouth.com.au. Thank you for that. Thank you again, Will. Thanks, guys. Have a good afternoon. You too. We'll let you go. See ya. So now, champ. Good, good interview there, Forkman. Very interesting guest.
Thank you. Will Smith is an awesome bloke, I must say. For now, wanted to talk about your ice cream review, your weekly ice cream oh, review. Course. What kind of ice cream had you had lately? Did you make the jingle? I haven't yet. It, it's coming soon. Um, oh, why don't we go have ice cream with the champ? You never know what kind of ice cream flavor we're going to have. It could be snot flavored, but then again, it could be Milo. But whatever it is, it's sure to be tasty. Fantastic. <laughs> I like that. We'll have to... We'll have to make that up the production value on it a bit, but that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, so this week I thought I'd go with a bit of a classic one. I didn't go for I didn't go for like a, one of the ice creams on a stick that I did last week. I think last week was the uh, cherry ripe Cadbury, if I'm mistaken. So this week I went pretty conservative and I did connoisseur vanilla ice cream. Was that tasty? What? Pardon? Was that tasty? Oh, I mean, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Are you a big fan of? Are you a big fan of concert? I can't say I am. You're not. No. Oh, why not? What do you like? You're Peter's man. But no, I am not a Peter's man. Well, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. It was pretty tasty. Good. Kind of creamy. I think my freeze is a bit too cold, so I might have overfroze it a little bit. But uh, yeah, kind of good. Good kind of. Almost fluffy texture at points, uh, very kind of creamy and uh, yeah, really good, solid, rich ice cream. So I'll probably give it um, probably about seven ice creams out of ten is the new rating system. <laughs> okay, seven ice cream out of ten. Seven ice creams out of ten. Awesome, awesome. Would you recommend it? To... Yeah, well, it pairs well. It pairs well with uh, cakes, particularly if you're eating like a chocolate cake, or I think in this case it was a Bailey's cake that I was eating. So it pairs well with cakes. Um, by itself, I probably wouldn't recommend it because you want something with a bit more, um, you know, punch, like something other than vanilla. Usually, who eats just plain vanilla ice cream? It's a bit weird. But uh, if you're pairing it with something, yeah, it's it's definitely a, it's definitely a good ice cream. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So now, Mr. Champ, I reckon it's time to announce our winners, but the time is getting the better of us. We've been going for 35 minutes almost. Oh, jeez, yeah. Yeah. So, we've had three, we had three, actually, we had two entries to the competition last, to our competition last week. They were... Darren and Nico, but I decided to add a third because this third person did something really kind. They gave up their spot in the hat because they saw Nico's entry and were like, no, Nico did that too good. Nico's going to win. So I decided to also put judgment in. But then I I was playing with it, like toying with it, and I was like, do you know what? We're going to give free invites this week again. So, Judgment are going to get an invite. Beautiful. She'll be rad. Nico are going to get an invite. So, congratulations, Nico. You finally 
have won a prize. He won the cereal. Well, an invite to our Maccas. An auto to Dan, who I randomly put all dead people to come to dinner with him. So now, as always, this week had been an awesome week, hadn't it? Yes, it has. Yes, it has, Bookman. Now, do you have any shout-outs you want to make? Oh, I'll probably just do a quick shout-out to Christina Applegate. Why that? Oh, just because. Any reason? <laughs> has, have you been getting into her? Have, have you been you? getting into her DMs? No, I have not been messaging Christina Applegate. What about you? You? Who are you shouting out? Charlie. Again. I haven't done him in a couple of weeks because I've seen yeah, him. Yeah, good. But... good. He, he's got the most shout-outs by far. I know. He get, we, we probably should add his name into the podcast somewhere. For oh, yeah. Champ and Charlie. Or should we put Charlie's name first? <laughs> oh, but anyway... So this week's competition, we need something so they can win into our thing. Oh, I know. We need. We still need your jingle. We need a jingle for your for your ice cream. I like your jingle. Oh, but no, I reckon we should put it out to the people. Message on. Message up on Facebook or comment on the post when I put the post up. With your best ice cream jingle for the champ. Let us know. Let us know. And you will win an invite to our Maxit party where there probably will be ice cream cake. There will. And we'll review that. We can review that as a panel. Yeah, we can go around. Have ice creams out of 10. <laughs> Do you give this Maxit ice cream cake? I give that one ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> one ice cream out of 10. Uh, uh, so also guys make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel below I believe it is or is it above no, below, below. Click, yeah, below. click the subscribe button below and hit that little bell icon so you don't miss the things <laughs> yeah remember if you enjoy the video make sure to give, a, give it a like and write a comment write a comment <laughs> also like us on Facebook, that look for Forkman and the Champ. Not hard to miss. Our website is down at the moment due to maintenance. Oh, the database got hacked. No, due to maintenance, I'm doing a bit of a background repairs. Oh, yeah. But it will be back up hopefully by the end of this week. And also, also subscribe to our podcast and on Spotify. What are the other one? iTunes and wherever out you listen to your awesome okay. podcast. Till next time, Ivan Forkman. He has been the champ. Ciao for now, not forever. Oh, and I forgot something. Also, we have a Patreon page. You really got to get behind us on Patreon because I've got a plan. If you. Between now and Monday, subscribe to our Patreon page. But we need at least one person to subscribe. But if we get five, all good. 
if we get at least one person to subscribe to our Patreon page by next podcast, episode number 10, my co-host, being the comedian that he is, will do a skit live on the podcast. No oh, way, you haven't run that by me. Huh? Listen, I've told you about this off air. We'll, we'll both do a skit. I'm pretty, okay, I'm pretty, I don't think we'll have a Patreon, so whatever. But <laughs> uh, maybe have something pre-prepared, pre-recorded. <laughs> Send it to me. No, and... we'll, do, we'll do improv. <laughs> improv, okay. Awesome. We'll do, we'll do like the potato. Like you pushing a dropping trolley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting now. Now, not forever, listeners. <laughs> and remember to watch your hands. Thank you for downloading the Forkman and Champ podcast. For more Forkman and the Champ, head to forkmanandthechamp.com or find us on Facebook and give.